0: What up, everyone? It's Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Anthony Ione and Trey Ryder. And we just came off a packed weekend of Cornhole in Everett, Washington. Trey, you were there. How was it?
1: Uh, It was it was cool. I had never been to the Pacific Northwest before. And uh, it's like 945 p.m. and the sun's still outside. I'm like, what is this place? Everyone was talking about. It's crazy. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it so uh, but no it was it was cool to get up in the Northwest there's it, it it's it's a growing new region of cornhole in a way. so everybody's a fresh face and and because of that everybody's you know really positive it you know I talked a little bit about that about Canada and how it was like that. It wasn't like to the extent of Canada there was still a lot of people that had been playing cornhole for a while but I still got that really positive, just excited to be in the community type of vibe, um, at least on the open side of things. But um, and then even on the on the shootout side, even though it was a smaller crowd, it was a tough crowd. It wasn't mm-hmm. – I think everybody kind of thought it would be an easy, breezy kind of opportunity for the, everybody to win one, but it really didn't turn out that way, I don't <laughs> think, once you got there.
0: Yeah, that's that seems fair. Uh, it was a smaller crowd, but, yeah, I was watching all of it all weekend, and I was like, man, I just don't know. I don't know who's gonna take it. Everyone's phenomenal. So Shoot let's out. talk a little bit about that. So we had it at the Angel of Winds arena in Everett Washington, like I said. The men's singles winners, Jimmy Humans took first, Tony Smith took second, and then the Zuzwana brothers <laughs> took third. I mean, they're all over that shootout, aren't they?
2: Yeah, killing it in the shootout.
0: Killing yeah. it. Um, all right, and then women's singles. We had Miranda Coy take first, Daniela Luna take second. And then Allison Peters and Lori duel take third. And that was really fun to watch because Miranda and Lori had to play against each other and they're like BFFs. So I was like, man, I wonder how that's going to go. Uh, but Trey, what are your thoughts on men and women singles?
1: Yeah. I just touched on that really quick. What was I mean, they, they shared a hotel room, right? And I, I walked, I walked out of the venue with Miranda and Lori as we were going to dinner and Miranda's like, Oh yeah, I'll go out to dinner. You know, she was all excited and, Laurie's like, I'm just going to go back to my room. Just, I just want to kind of be alone for a little bit. So Aww. she was just, you know, it was one of those things where they, beforehand they had talked to one another and they said, this is a win-win, right? As long as whoever wins in the semifinals wins the whole thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, th- that was the number one priority is whoever's we're playing each other in the semifinals. As long as whoever wins, this wins the whole thing. We're going to be okay. It would just be a bad day if someone lost in the finals. So, Lori was really supportive during the broadcast. You could see her in the, in the crowd, but then it was just kind of like, all right, I've done my support a little bit. I'm just kind of bummed. I kind of want to go and just, just be alone yeah. a little bit, but no. Um, yeah. What um, if the
0: Zezeda brothers have played each other? That's what I thought would have been interesting. If it came down to, you know, Pedro and Moses and then Lori and Miranda, like controversial. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is,
1: they're brothers, right? So brothers have a different dynamic, I think, than girl best friends. Right. I mean, the brothers would have just been like, I don't want you to win. I, I mean, like, it, it's just kind of like that sibling, you know, go head-to-head type of thing. That would have been, it would have been kind of funny to watch. But um, no, on, on the women's side, uh, kind of staying there on on for singles, uh, Miranda played to her potential um, that I think we had been talking about. I think there's a couple segments ago, we did kind of a, a buy or sell where we talked about winning or losing. And I said that, Miranda Coyne, Lori Duell were kind of a, one of the ones that I thought would fight for a, one of those last female spots. It just so happened that they fought for that spot a lot earlier, right? They were the, you know, the fourth shootout, but I thought it was going to be one of those two that would win one. Um, and Miranda being able to play to her potential, she was throwing that role shot really well. And I think that's what ultimately, Made it so that she could get over that hump and get and get a signature win as a rookie. So it was impressive to see her. Great to see Allison Peters back, right? I mean, yeah. I thought you take away two rounds in that game against Daniela Luna, uh, she she wins um, and she wins pretty handily. Um, it was just two bad rounds um, in that game against Luna where she stumbled a little bit. But I saw something there, and and we'll talk the open a little bit later. Her and Christine Papke go 5-1 and one in rounders. They were 5-0 and oh at some point. So they were really having a strong, you know, she had a really strong weekend. It was great to see Allison Peters bounce back. Um, on the men's singles side, uh, Jimmy Humans. I was glad to see him get, get the win, right? When we, and the reason for that is because I kind of mentioned it to to Jeff McCarriger in, in the booth, I was saying, I just don't want this to turn into a rosy streaker situation from last year. Right. I mean, once, once great, you made a broadcast, you couldn't get it done twice. Well, I'm consistently getting there three times and you lose. You're like, is this a pattern now? Right. Is there a pattern of me getting to a broadcast and not being able to finish? But it was a completely different humans. I saw, I saw times in the first couple of ones where we saw a lot of bags go left and right towards the end of the game. Ended up losing. That wasn't the case here. He's able to finish. He had a couple big shots. Um, and really him and Tony Smith had a nice battle there at the end. And it was cool to see Tony Smith there in another final. Again, I hope that's not going to create a pattern for Tony Smith. Um, you know, losing there in a finals, but but ultimately happy to see, see Jimmy Humans kind of get over the hump. And uh last thing, kind of I'll mention on the single side, like is Mark Richards the Matt guy of last year, right? I mean, this guy has won now three opens. We're going to talk about it in a little bit, but he's now won three opens. He's won a bracket at a national. He's a top four player in the country, but I've yet to see him on a broadcast for a shootout. Not even, and he's gone to what? Three of them? I believe he may have gone to, uh, did he, he go to one. Mesa as well? Uh, or are you right? So, he, yeah, he missed one. He missed one because Philip Lopez won that one in doubles. But aside from that, he's been to three of four of them and yet to see him on a broadcast. So that gets me a little bit concerned is that is the shootout format going to be his kryptonite, kind of how it was for Matt Guy last year? Again, not worried about it right now. Um, but he should start feeling a little bit of pressure because we're now officially at the halfway point of this shootout series. So it's going to be uh, tough to, to to continue that and, um, you know, tough to be able to bounce back and, and get one done. So just something I'm keeping an eye on with Mark Richards.
0: Mark Richards, from the interview I had with him, is fairly aware of what's happening mentally. So I think as long as he has that, he has to figure out maybe a different style of play for the shootout. But I think he will figure it out because I think he's aware enough to know, like, the mental stuff that could be happening as a result of it. So my guess is he figures it out. That's just me. Anthony, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, Trey, I like your angle on Richards comparing it to, to guy last year. I mean at this point he's going to be the favorite going into these things you know with with you know with some of the players starting to, uh, to, to pile out just because of wins. a really light field uh, this past weekend he was the favorite so I like that angle. And then you mentioned Jimmy Humans you know being happy for him and we should mention uh, he had the most difficult run. I mean it wasn't easy for him to get there. He had to go through Eric Davis. Doug Zaft, Mark Richards, Zasweta, and then finally Tony Smith in the finals. I mean, that was the toughest run when you're looking at all the bracket setups by far. And just kind of breaking down that, that championship match between Smith and Humans. I mean, we've seen this before with Tony Smith, costing him big wins. Another case of the lefts. We said this <laughs> last time. Remember, Tony Smith's bag is gonna skip left to, or excuse me, right to left off the board. It's got this kind of skipping trajectory, right? He needs to control two things. He has to control the amount of right to left he's giving, but he also has to control that point of impact on the board because he's going to be landing a little bit right of his spot and letting it kind of travel that way. So if we kind of go to in round two, he missed a potential four points with a slide shot to the left. Round three, he missed out on two more points with a push opportunity, flies off to the left. Round five and seven. Tony Smith's go-to bag. I'm going to place a nice block center, missed left, missed left. And every time Jimmy Humans was really picking him up and, and making him uh, suffer for that. Uh, Humans was going with a first bag in strategy. If you look at the first half of that game, every lead bag was going in the hole. And, and Tony Smith, on the other hand, was trying this first bag block kind of mentality. It just didn't seem to work out for him. I mean, it was, it was in the end was tied at 5s in the final round and Tony was still in it. I mean even with this case of the lefts, he was still in it and the reason being Jimmy humans airmail was gone. He went 0 for 3, 0 for 3 in airmail. Tony Smith was he hit an airmail, he hit a roll which really kept him in it right up to the end and and while his airmail came through for him, I think it was like round 6, it failed him in that final round. He had two bags sitting on the hole there with a drag opportunity. Tied at fives to win it, he missed that. That was really the nail in the coffin. So, big shout out to Jimmy Humans. He walks away with that shootout number four win. You mentioned the women's side, Luna versus Coy in the finals. Uh, Same thing. Luna just couldn't find her line. I mean, offline bags in the first half cost her a bunch of points. A lot of left, a lot of right. She just wasn't middle. It was. I think she was like down twelve zero or something. It was a big deficit at the at the beginning, and Coy capitalizing on open holes. Making her uh, making her pay for those mistakes. She didn't need to really use her roll bag in that game. We know Miranda right. Coy is to come in, right, with that block roll strategy. She was just like, all right, Luna's line is off. I'm not going to do anything crazy. I'm just going to put him in the hole. And I think that was a really good move for her. And it really earned her the win. I'm really happy for Coy. We've kind of worked on some stuff in the background with her game. So I'm a little bit vested. So uh, I'm excited for her. Super happy for Coy.
0: Awesome. And now let's go into doubles. We had Ryan Windsor, and Noah Wooten take first and then Corey Gilbert and Josh Thielen take second. So excited for my, my West coast boys, um, to yes. make it there to that broadcast. And then the the theme being like, Hey, it's there's not only one Thielen on a uh, national television. Now there's two, uh, talking about <laughs> Josh's uh, cousin, Adam on the Minnesota Vikings, but, um, good stuff there. Congrats to everyone. Trey, what are your thoughts on doubles?
1: Yeah, it was funny. Uh, Thielen and Gilbert, they walk out of the venue They go out they walk across the street they walk by a bar and this guy walks outside for a smoke break and he goes were you two just on tv playing cornhole and he goes (laughs) yeah he goes you guys just lost me 50 bucks i just bet 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 on you guys and you lost (laughs) oh man that is awesome he said you guys gonna come back come back we'll buy you guys a beer so they went and they dropped their stuff off they went back they had a beer but the whole bar was 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 betting on the betting on the game while they were in there kind of uh watching it as it as it <laughs> happened in real time. That's like
0: I always choose Adam for my fantasy team so when he doesn't do well I yell at Josh. I'm like yeah. what's with your cousin, <laughs> man? He let yeah. me down this week. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But no no it was really cool. I mean Windsor and Wooten played to their potential of what they what they have been in the past. Um they were really really solid. I mean even just watching the game back over, I didn't really think Gilbert and Thielen did anything wrong. I mean, they they missed a bag here left and right, but for the most part, Wooten and Windsor were deadly. They put everything that they needed to in the hole. I mean, they had that one lucky break, slick side up, bags bunch up. They all fall back in for for Ryan Windsor. That was a big shot. (laughs) Windsor had a big airmail backside in one round, and Wooten was – was pretty solid down the center. I mean, just didn't really give a ton of opportunities. And that's kind of what we expect from a team that, you know, a year ago would have been classified as a super team this year, both of them not having as successful as a season as they've had in the past, but you put them together and they had a really, really strong performance. Um, It was just uh, was interested to see, see them both play. It was something that was, it was impressive to watch.
0: I feel like they had good chemistry. Like they, had, they were talking a lot to each other, a lot of coaching. Oh, yeah. they're,
2: they're familiar with each other for sure. They, they play a lot together. So that was definitely there.
0: But even if they play a lot together, doesn't that sometimes bring out more of like a sibling type of energy? Like I feel like they were very compatible as partners. What do you think, Anthony? No,
2: I think that actually opens up the communication more because you know what a player's capable of. You know what shots they have. You know what they can do. You've seen it before. So I think that kind of opens up the communication from – if you don't know each other, you're kind of just like, I'm going to let this guy play his game. I'm just going to only give him input if he asks. But at that level, I mean, you could feel it. I just feel like there was a lot of talking going on in the final. Yeah. I think it bred that communication.
1: Yeah, and one thing that I thought was interesting, I thought one of the best things that Wooten did in that final and, and probably all day was he, he could arguably have been a better coach than player. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Take, yeah. That, take that one round where Windsor had that bag bunch up, come back in, and they all fall. Wooten, as soon as he was getting ready to throw that bag, says slick side up the middle.
2: Slick side up the middle. And,
1: and, And Windsor hesitated for a good 10 seconds flipping that bag over because in his head, he did not think that was the right call. But Wooten knew what his partner's capability was, understood the situation, and was able to assess and give great coaching to his partner. And once he hit it, that was it. I mean, they didn't give up much at all, so I think Wooten proved to be an incredible teammate mm-hmm. uh, in that final. That ultimately maybe have coached them to, to a good win.
2: Yeah, good. Call.
0: Yeah. Other thoughts, Anthony?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we threw Josh Thielen and Corey Gilbert the love in last week' episode as a team to watch, and they came through. I mean, they had huge wins early in that tournament against we talked about the heavy favorites Zaft and Elmanza, their two top ten players together. Boom. They're one and done after running into Gilbert and Thielen early. So that was a good win for them. And then Gilbert Thielen really continue that run. They go through a Spies borderline. Then another heavyweight team in humans, Richard. So to get to that finals versus Windsor and Wooten, they, they, it wasn't an easy pass. So I was really impressed with those big wins. And But like you said, that finals was really dominated by Wooten and Windsor. But it was really closer than the final score reflected. I mean, Gilbert and Thielen... They didn't throw terrible. I mean, the bird, the board, I was actually surprised at how dirty it was. Um, and, mm-hmm. and Gilbert might be thought of as a slick bag player, but he does like to throw a first or third bag block. He will like to mess that up a little bit. Um, but they would go on these streaks of five or six really good bags in a row. And then one, just, just bad miss. And every time it, it costed them points. Um, there was a missed airmail in the second round that cost him three points. Um, there, there was a couple missed wide open bag fours. You know, Gilbert's mm-hmm. got a bag in his hand, wide open hole into either wash or score, and, and he's missing those. And and that was kind of the difference in it. It, it kind of got to the point, I think it was like round seven or eight, where they were just, you know, two out, and then they just had to get crafty and start to do crazy stuff. So the score kind of blew up a little bit. But it was, it was much closer than it looked. But just to mention... Wooten and Windsor are joining who? We've got Eric Davis and Brett Guy, Ryan Smith and Philip Lopez, and then Jamie Graham and Matt Guy as the first four bids into the eight for the shootout series. So congratulations to those guys.
0: Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and roll into news around the league. And we want to start it off by talking about our Super Bowl, the third one coming up uh, this weekend. It's going to be on Friday, July 1st at 10 p.m. Eastern. And we've got uh, six celebrities this time, so I'm going to let you guys know who they are and who they're playing with. We've got Brett Young with Cheyenne Renner, who's a country singer. I've never heard of him as a non-country listener, but apparently he's popular. Uh, and everyone was very excited when I told people in my community about this name. They're like, what? <laughs> Brett Young? I'm like, I don't know. And then my my <laughs> husband said, yeah, my sister, like, danced to her wedding or something. I'm like, I don't know. Then we've got Jay Cutler, who I'm very familiar with. <laughs> it's playing with Jay Rubens and the two J's. We get Jeff Morrow and Eddie Grindersleeve, Zach Miller and Steven Bernisette, Caleb Castile and Kyle Malone and Jarrett Payton and Dave Sutton. And one of those used to be a Raider. So Nick's very excited.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, this, it's going to be a fun one. I think, you know, six celebrities this time. Uh, Brett Young and Cheyenne Renner, Jay Cutler, uh, Jay Rubin, they drew the buys. So they'll get the buy in the little single elimination bracket that we'll be doing. Um, but, hey, the, the smack talk has already started. So uh, <laughs> it started with Jay Cutler. He put a post out on Instagram. He was saying that, you know, he was beating up on his kids and he needed to get some better competition. So he's been oh. starting to play there. <laughs> Jeff Morrow got his set of boards. So Jeff Morrow from the Food Network. He won Food Network Star a few years ago. Um, and is now all over, I believe he's on, um, there's another show on, on main network television, um, that he's on as well, but he used to be like the sandwich guy. That was what he's famous for. He got a set of boards and he started talking smack. And then all of a sudden Jared Payton and Zach Miller jumped on the Instagram feed, talking smack back and forth. So these celebrities are kind of cohesive, right? Zach Miller, former tight end for the bears used to be teammates with Jay Cutler and where the rackets kind of line up if he wins his game his first game uh he'll play against jay cutler so that would be cool maybe to see um you know former teammates in the nfl go head to head against one another and then caleb castile from ncis and uh jared payton so jared payton's the son of walter payton is also a radio host in the chicagoland area so um yeah i'm I'm excited for this one this feels a little bit more special this one um some big names but also it feels like the celebrities are really engaged in this one and excited to play. And they, they all have got their set of boards. They, they requested them. They've been throwing, they've been practicing. So. Uh, this be might be actually like out. pretty
0: competitive then.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know if anybody will have the skill. as like Terry Kirby or, or even Shamar, but I know they're going to take it arguably just as seriously. They're going to be just as competitive as those. Guys.
2: Come on. A quarterback has got to like have some type of an edge. <laughs> I on know, right? you would
0: hope. <laughs> So Trey, I mean, yeah, typically we them-
2: uh, we typically team team up based on some connection, right? I mean, uh, the the Cutler Rubin one seems to be a Chicago thing. Is there a connection between each of these somehow? Uh,
1: some some yes, some no. Um Jay Rubin, Jay Cutler, yeah. It was a Chicago kind of affinity, um, both being from the area. Same thing with Steven Burneset playing with Zach Miller, you know, Chicago bear, Chicago area with Steven Burneset. Um Cheyenne Renner, Eddie Grindersleeve, uh, Kyle Malone, uh, and Dave Sutton was kind of like that as well. Dave Sutton, although he's not Chicago area, we actually, well, I should say uh, Dave Morse was invited, but Dave, of course, Morse couldn't make it. So Dave Morse was originally supposed to play with Jared Payton. But uh, I would say really for Renner, Grindersleeve, Malone, and Sutton, it was more so kind of a, a a reward and a and a kudos for for being a, a returning pro that that's been really good with us. So not necessarily any. I do think Cheyenne has seen Brett Young in concert. I think we did see that. So I do oh, okay. know she's a Brett Young fan. So I think nice. that was part of our logic on the connection there as well. But the others, I think um, there weren't any necessarily huge storylines that stuck out to to originally make that that uh, that matchup.
0: Awesome. We also had some state championships over the weekend uh, for the Ohio State Championship for singles. Adam Hisner took first and Trey Birchfield took second. For doubles, Adam Hisner and Cody Henderson and second, Rob Smith and Anthony Kissel. For the main state championship for advanced singles, Trey Baker and Samuel Sear. Advanced doubles, Trey Baker, Drew Baker, and Joel Small, and Isaac Cummings. And then for New York, for first, Brady Foster, and second, Nathan Mettot. And then for doubles, Nick Petuski, and Steve Derrick, and Eric Hauser and Bobby Sperry. So congrats to all the winners and all the different spots that we had over the weekend. I would imagine that Ohio one had to be pretty stacked, considering the area. (laughs) So that one was probably a tough one. All right, let's go into the open recap that happened also this past weekend. Uh, as we alluded to earlier, Mark Richards took first, second, Noah Almanza, third, Eric Davis, and Ryan Windsor. And for doubles, Jimmy Humans and Mark Richards and Ashton Spees and Eric Davis. So it is interesting that that Mark Richards thing that's happening with, <laughs> with the shootouts. I don't know what that's about, um, but I really thought him and Jimmy would be like the super team Um, and they proved it in, in the open, at least where they could play to 21. So thoughts on, uh, what happened in the open Trey?
1: Yeah. Slinkies, Slinkies get it done. I didn't even
0: mention the main story is that whose bags were you choosing the whole weekend?
1: Oh yeah. I was going to get to that. So, um, (laughs) yeah, so, so so humans and Richards, you know, they win with the, the gladiator bags, but yeah, at some point, uh, about two games in, um, Tony Smith comes over to me and he's like, "Hey, you know, we're 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 playing different bags every game. What should we throw next?" And so I, you know, I was like, "What bags should you throw next?" I was like, "I don't know. Throw like, uh, throw like game changers or something like oh, that." Oh, hell So, they, no. they, so they, 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 they they're like, "Okay, so we'll go to Cheyenne." Well, Cheyenne didn't have game changers; she only had all slides. So they say, "Can we throw uh, all yeah. slides?" I said, "Go for it." And then it became this trend. They come back over. All right, what are we throwing next? I'm like. When did I get nominated for this? So that, so <laughs> I I think I saw, and they just kept winning. So they yeah. played with a different set of bags every single game, right? I think over the course of the day, I picked out uh, all slides. They played with. Um, I recommended Celtics at one point. Yeah, but as, they 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 had to do pro snipers instead. So pro snipers, psychos. Uh Neptunes. Um, I know they played with uh uh wizards at some point. Um, and they just kept winning with all these different types of bags, didn't matter if it was fast, it was slow. So Tony Smith and um Hunter Thorne were 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 funny to watch kind of all day long. Um that is not That easy.
0: was the, and that, that was the story, easy. right? The boards like I couldn't believe I saw Bella throwing widows, I saw Tony throwing was it Vipers at some point? Like, I was like, what is going on right now?
1: Yeah. I mean, these boards are getting to the end of like their life, right? So they've had, they're almost at a two full competitive seasons being thrown on. So they will be kind of retired as we head into the world championships this year. But at that last bit of life, you know, the final chase expect things to be tacky as well. Um, So I'll talk a little bit about that more when we get into one of our other segments, but It's going to be slow. Um, And so at the open, I I did find it interesting that you had Richards be able to win. I think he was happy. You know, I think his, you know, those King Cheetahs were probably fast, but they're playing pretty moderate speed when you look at them, you know, playing on those really slow boards. So um, he, he ultimately gets the win. And I thought he was impressive. He joins Alex Hicks. Him and Alex Hicks are now tied for the most open wins and singles and then most combined open wins as well. They each have one doubles open win and three singles wins. So I know Richard's is planning to go to West Virginia. I don't believe Hicks is planning to go. I wonder if there's kind of a little, you know, Mm -hmm. friendly rivalry that kind of spouts out of that to see if Hicks decides to go to West Virginia, (laughs) just to see if he can get that, that, uh, that open title for the season. But no, it was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting weekend to watch. Um, both on the singles and doubles side uh, with, with Mark Richards kind of stealing the weekend on that side.
0: Anthony, what do you think?
2: Yeah, that bag change is not easy. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of different things. It's not just speed, which we're kind of mostly f- familiar with, but how it feels. You're going to have different resins, different 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 templates, you know, how loose it feels. For a guy like Tony Smith, you're basically saying, oh, you're throwing this bag. All right. Half of your shots, you don't you don't get those. Yeah. You don't get half of your shots. You gotta win with just these two or three shots. So that, that was impressive to kind of see that oh, go. I feel along.
0: like he could roll anything at this point.
2: Right, but the amount it rolls, and I mean he's making adjustments on the fly, you know. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Trey, I, I, we got to give you some props, man. You you were spot on with some of your players to watch that were kind of off radar for most most people. You mentioned Ryan Huffey. He gets Corey Gilbert in the third round and ends up in the final eight in the winner's side of the bracket, ultimately losing to Jimmy Humans. You mentioned Ruben Martinez. He gets the dub against Justin Rich, Adrian Brunson, and Cheyenne Renner. That's a big win for him. He took fifth overall. Most people might not even know these people, but you kind of said, hey, these are some players to watch. Um, Speaking of off-radar, This season, we spoke of some amateur players at the pro-caliber level and some at the elite level. We mentioned Kobe Costanza, who's on national radar, right? Ryan Wiedenfeld, Emily Downer, uh, Adrian Brunson we've talked about quite a bit. Hamilton Fisher made that blowout kind of performance at the last national. Justin Burton is another one we keep talking about. We got to add Vincent Frisch to that discussion, right? I mean, this kid – do I say that right – Trey? Yeah, Frisch? Vincent, okay. Vincent Frisch. He's awesome. Um, the kid took fifth. Let's go back to Sacramento Open. He took fifth, beating Josh Holland and Noah Almanza. What? And then he shows up again here this weekend. He goes through Ashton Spees, Sasueta, Hunter Thorne, Corey Gilbert, and Jimmy Eumanns. I mean, this kid is legit with a strong future. So we got to start adding him to that kind of list of 2022 breakout players. So this one was broke up into two different brackets. Mark Richards coming out of bracket A uh, in in dominating fashion. Trey Mish, this is how gangster this dude was. He gave up more than 10 points one time. And that was a <laughs> 21 to 13 win to Ryan Windsor. Every other game for the rest for the rest of the tournament was less 10 points or less. That's how dominating he was. Bracket B, Noel Monza was really impressed with see him to show up again. And it was not an easy run. I mean, he had to go through Doug Zaff, a top 10 player, Tony Smith coming off his national uh, second place, healthy Jimmy McGuffin, and Eric Davis. So really tough run for him to get there. And I'd argue that's like a national bracket-worthy run. So mm-hmm. that's a really good run for him. So it's Monza versus Richards in the final. We've got returning open singles champs. Um, Richards, like you said, was going for his third. Almanza going for his second. Richards just rolled Almanza in that final 27 and nine. He goes undefeated on the day. And like you said, tying Alex Hicks with three open singles championships. Misha it's to me, it's, it's Mark Richards consistency. I feel like there's very few people in the game that match that level of consistency. We talk about ceilings and floors. He doesn't, he doesn't hover much over or under his ceiling Mm -hmm. and floor. I mean, he stays pretty consistent there. I think this dude's setting himself up for a, for a national four win or even a world's title. He, he's just he's just too legit.
0: You didn't mention the most important thing. What's that? The climbing slippers.
2: Oh, my gosh. Those are pretty horrible. I'm not going to lie to you. Those were pretty bad.
1: Uh, I'm glad you brought up Frisch and Brunson. It was the first time I got to watch them. I know that's Michelle's dream team right there. So, <laughs> yep. Um, I'll tell you what. If you haven't watched them play, they – Better or worse, they're polarizing, right? They ruffled some feathers. I had they beat two pro teams this weekend, and I'm not going to name names, but those pros walked away and they were not pleased. And <laughs> sometimes people that I, sometimes they, they, you know, you kind of be expected, but others I kind of got surprised with. You know, they talk and they talk and they talk and they talk back and forth with one another. I mean it's impressive. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Cody and Adam um, type of situation. I mean, these two, especially from Frisch when they feel like momentum building, they just, the, the level gets up and it's constantly like after every shot that felt good, nice airmail, do it again. They can't (laughs) stop us like that type of thing where it's not necessarily in your face, but it's a tradition and non-traditional approach to a doubles game that a lot of people are going to love and a lot of people are going to hate. And it was right, really cool to right. see them go on a run because they had all the shots, right? Um, they they had some times on the broadcast court where may, they, they may not admit it, but I think they may got a little nervous or a little too excited. Either one of those two things. And I think they just didn't execute the level once they got to like that third and fourth place game. But you could see it's there, and, and they're going to have a tough road. I believe they're still both u eighteen. I'm not maybe Frisch isn't. I'm not hundred yeah, percent sure. They're there. both,
0: yeah. They're both fifteen.
1: Yeah. So they're. I don't. I don't know if they'll be able to get into the pro division next season. I'm not sure if this throws them into the conversation of where they need to be on open points. I, I, I haven't looked at their profiles yet, but um, even if they don't, even if they're not pros next season. Um, you know i I see them continuing to play in the open stuff and, and and eventually when they become pros um I say when because they have the talent Fast. it's it's gonna be interesting to watch them play and it's gonna be uh, fun to watch everybody I'm gonna have fun watching other people watch them play
2: go ahead Anthony. I was just gonna say that they ended up taking third in that whole field yeah and they took out baldwin Renner the number mm-hmm. three team, you know, in the world right now, they went through Tony Smith and Hunter Thorne. So third place run for those guys. That that, that was, that's pretty
0: strong. That's pretty strong. I was going to say, it's shocking to hear the talking part because as someone that has played with Adrian multiple times and sees him on a weekly basis, I think he's said a, all of 15 words to me in the year that I've known him. So, <laughs> I will say
1: more of the talking was happening on Frisch's side
0: than it was Brunson's, but you yeah. can tell they had some team chemistry for sure. Yeah, that's right? too he looks funny. I love it. All right, let's move on to uh, board bets. We're going to talk about some money line odds coming up and whether or not we would bet those or not. The first one being Trey Birchfield plus 1,200. What do you think, Trey? Yeah, tough. Um,
1: 1,200, I think above the 1,000 mark there. I, I think I like it. Part of the reason because like, all right, let's pretend we're a superstitious person here. Remember, we, this was a big stat coming out of the bag brawl. We haven't really thought about it recently. But we've had 12 bracket winners in pro singles across the three nationals. 12 unique mm-hmm. players, all right? So if we're going for the perfect four for four, yeah. we need four new bracket winners, right? Who were some of those candidates? Ryan Windsor's one of them. Trey Birchfield hasn't won a bracket this year. Anthony, right. if I told you at the beginning of the year, that Trey Birchfield would not win a bracket. Never mind win the whole thing. He wouldn't win a bracket all year long. Would you believe me?
2: No, oh, i tell you, you're crazy. What are you talking so about? So for that, I feel, like same I, have,
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have to say yes. I feel like I have to say that statistics and the odds tell me Trey Birchfield wins one bracket this year. So if he's going to win a bracket, that gives him a legitimate chance to win the whole thing. If I throw 50 bucks
2: on a plus 1,200... it might
1: be worth it.
0: Yeah. Anthony.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking at the whole field. I kind of feel like the odds overall look good. I mean, if you look at some of the past odds, it was like the player to win, we were getting like two and a half or three to one. I mean, even Jamie Graham is getting five and a half to one. That that's your worst odds. So, I I mean, just kind of looking down the list overall, I like it. I do like Trey Burchfield at 12 to one. I mean, who's, who's right there with him. Jordan power is also a 12 to one. A one. I like that one. I'm going to buy that one. Trey. I mean, I like, I liked your stat about we're getting a new, a new bracket winner. Every time he's due, I, I'd buy that 12 to one.
0: Sounds smart. All right. Cheyenne Renner plus 2,800.
1: Normally I'm always going to bet on Cheyenne Renner. I am not for one reason. And one reason only. She is not happy right now with how slow the boards are playing. Now, wow. If you give me this same odds at the world championships, where there will be new sets of boards because that's when the new boards are coming out, I will take it, but I will not take it at the final chase.
0: Okay, Anthony, agree.
2: So, did you get a peek? Is she throwing the 2.0s or the originals? She throwing the 2.0s? Slick side. So she throws an all slide really good. I wonder if she's considering maybe going to the all slides. Do you know if she was mentioning that at all? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to ask. I I didn't.
1: She only brought those bags, so I I don't know. It might be worth a conversation. We might might see her show
2: up. Yeah, we might see her show up with all slides at the next one. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one, Trey. I'm looking at some of the other players at at. She's 28 to one, right? Uh, I'm kind of looking at some things here. I mean, Philip Lopez, 35 to one, he's getting better odds and has is, is really had a, a better year. I'm going to need some more odds on Cheyenne Renner. Interesting note though, on the bag stuff, if she shows up with all slides, 1.0 if you will, I think she's going to be in better position and uh, she knows how to work those things. So I'm going to, I'm going to sell as well.
1: I'll, I'll tell you this which you No, know, I think this is going to set up for her to even get better odds. If she goes into the world championships, plus 3000, and I get a chance at Cheyenne Renner, who the exact same last year, finished in second place at the World Championships, and I get plus 3,000 odds, yeah, I'll take that one.
2: All day. (laughs) All day. All right.
0: Uh, We're running low on time. I'm going to pick one doubles team for you guys. How about uh, Brett Guy and Eric Davis plus 2,200?
1: I'm not going to take it. Um, Look, I I get it. 2,200 is a lot, but at the same time, I just haven't seen what I needed to see from Guy and Davis at – the Nationals thus far this season, or even at an open, right? I don't even know. Well, in fairness, Matt and Brett haven't played together a lot in the open. I mean, sorry, Matt and Brett have been playing together. So Eric and Brett haven't, but still, I just, they did well at the shootout, but I haven't seen it since. I I just, I'm I'm laying off Guy and Davis.
0: Anthony?
2: I'm selling as well. I share a lot of the same points that, that Trey is saying. I, not at 22 to one. I'm going to sell.
0: All right. Well, let's go into talking more about that uh, pro doubles bracket coming up this weekend for our final chase. Anthony, talk to us through some of this bracket stuff. What do we got?
2: Okay, brackets. We're talking doubles. Um, who are our top four teams? We got Jamie Graham and Matt guys is one. Uh, Trey Birchfield, Alex Rawls, James Baldwin, Cheyenne Renner, and the Hollands. So they will all get their own bracket as the number one seed for total brackets. I'll just kind of jump into bracket A to start. So this is um, um, this is Guy and Graham's bracket. Uh, honestly, you know, looking at the bracket, the fight for me is going to be second place. I just don't see Graham and Guy not winning this. Except here's the only thing I have. Check this out: Guy and Graham can take dead last in this tournament and still hold the number one spot. So. Does this take away from some of their killer instinct? Maybe a little bit of focus?
0: Uh, no, maybe cost them a few points here and
2: there? Uh-uh. I agree, and the reason <laughs> being is, right, they're chasing this three-peat. So I think that's yeah, cool. going to come into play. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Um, Trey, we have Damon sitting on the three-peat. I think Papke maybe back in the day had a three-peat. Do you know offhand, have we had a three-peat in the in the open doubles, if you will, we haven't. So no, no, we've never
1: break. we've and and that puts them one step closer to a perfect season. We've never had a perfect season once the pro division isolated itself. Right? Obviously, we go way back. Uh, Cody Henderson had one, but it was when opens and when it was when nationals also counted. You know, conferences and regionals. When you talk about pro division by itself, Graham and Guy have a chance to be perfect, which has never been done before.
0: No, that's pretty motivating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say yeah. Um on, on, on this
1: bracket, Anthony, my, my only other thoughts is I think this is like you said, Graham and guys to lose. If there's anybody that's going to challenge him, I think it's no Wooten and Tony Smith. And that's because like that. I like I'm starting to see the elevation in both of their games recently. And they play a play style that when you talk about going against Jamie Graham's going to be able to play either play and handle it. When you talk about trying to beat Matt Guy, you have to play a certain play style. They play that style. And if you remember, the last time Noah Wooten and Tony Smith played at a national, it took Tony Smith throwing 34 out of 38 bags in the (laughs) hole and not scoring for them not to win. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's the only thing to watch out for.
2: Yeah. And the only other team out of that right side. I mean, the right side's pretty open. I mean, you know, we need We needed Derek King to show up again. I, I, for some reason, I'm still impressed every time Harbaugh and King make it that deep. They're the number two seed in the other side, but you're saying, Hey, I'm taking Wooten Smith over, over Harbaugh King. So that, that's an interesting point. All
0: right. Going into B.
2: Bracket B, I mean, so this is uh, Birchfield and Rawls's bracket. They're the number one seed. Um, from the left side with them, there's, there's a few teams with the capability to peak at the right time and maybe squeak out a win. Clemmer Jones never got going this season, but but we know they're capable of beating the best. I see Washington and Stranger over on the left side. We've seen them at the top of the chain in singles or doubles, uh, depending on which, which style you're talking about there. I think they could pop off, but they need the consistency Grindersleeve Batson, these are top five talents, you know, looking to make a run in the back half of the season. They're sitting at 17 right now. A worthy note that they had a, a rough showing out of the gate at national number one. After this national, we kind of talked about it last week in singles. We drop everyone's worst national showing in doubles as well. If they can come in and have a solid bracket run, they could find themselves as a top 10 doubles team right now. And they don't even need to win it just need a really deep run in that bracket so I got a kind of a close eye on them Smith and Anderson in the right side trending up I mean we saw a huge improvement at the last national Ryan's absolutely on fire right now Anderson Anderson trending up a little bit I think in my opinion can they come together and make some noise out of the right Bernisette and Gustafson a top 10 team last year really struggling to get it going I'd love to see them pop off and this is in their home region so it's kind of been their home area. I'd love to see them do it. And Mish, honestly, though, Zocline, Halbert, the team to beat out of the right side. Uh, everyone's going to have to go through them out of the right. They're going to be tough to, to get. Agreed. What do you think, Trey?
1: So I, I, Trey Burfield and Alex Rawls, normally I'd say this is always going to be their bracket to lose. The only thing I want to highlight is let's go through a projected path. Because right side. We, sometimes we say, oh, this left side is stacked. This quadrant is stacked. But you don't play every single team within a quadrant. You have to look at exactly how the the path would go, right? You got to play a PDC team. That could be sneaky, right? I mean, let's say Jack and Jake Gore don't make it in. Jack's got to play with somebody else. And that all of a sudden could be a really nasty team to, to play against first round. Then you probably play Duncan Clemmer and Brandon Jones, a top 10 team at one point last season. Then you play James Washington and Justin Stranger probably. Again, arguably a top 10 team at some point. Then you probably either play Eddie Grindersleeve and Kayla Batson or Brett Guy and Eric Davis. Again, at times, top 10 teams. Then you go to the other side. You're playing either Ryan Smith and Eric Anderson or Eric Zockline and Tanner Halbert. Again, a top 10 team this season. So, The talent level combined of every team that they have to play in this bracket is tough. So all I'm saying is if Birchfield and Rawls go through this, I don't see them losing to anybody.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Like it. All right. Want to go to C?
2: Bracket C. Um, So number one C in this one, Baldwin-Renner. They'll need to get through Hissner and Henderson early. You know, Hissner's coming off a state championship um, this weekend versus Trey Bitch, virtual in the final. I think that he's trending up. The, the bottom left of the bracket is pretty stacked, I think. You've got Singleton, Shermerhorn down there. They've proved to be a force this season. Hoag Trzesinski have shown the talent and consistency necessary to win a national. Uh, they've had like one bad showing in there, but for the most part, they're pretty much in it, and they had that really deep run at the first one. Cassidy and Ferreira, I mean, they could be really tough if they're on – Um, We saw Almanza pop off this past past weekend uh, at open number 15. Um, But can Moores match Almanza's level of play, though, is going to be the big one, is going to be the factor to their success. Right side, I'm going directly to Foreman and Creek Killer. If we're talking storylines, and second only to the potential three-peat by Guy and Graham, I think Foreman and Creek Killer have the storyline of the tournament. Mish, Trey, check this out. Here are Foreman and Creek Killers' three national performances. They got 65th, 5th, and 2nd. So, again, we talk about dropping a worse performance. Let's take that 65. Let's throw it out. Mish, Foreman Creek Killers currently sitting at number 11. Where do you think they end up if we drop that 65?
0: Dang. and it. I guess, like, third. what, like, 3rd, 4th?
2: 2nd in the league. Wow. So a close eye on them this weekend. I mean, can they keep that second place position with a strong run here? Uh, so I guess former Creek killer, I'm kind of talking to you. I mean, first is off limits. It is mathematically impossible to catch a guy in Graham, but second is currently yours. Go out to Chicago this weekend and protect it. And I think they can. What do you think, Trey?
1: Bracket C sucks.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: <It is> brutal. <laughs> I mean, look, Baldwin Renner, Parent Valdivia, Hissner Henderson, Shermerhorn Singleton, Hogue Trasinski, Morrison Almanza, uh, Lopez and Richard, Malone and Johnson, mm-hmm. Foreman and Creek Killer, Pear and Morgado, and Hadley. It's mm-hmm. brutal. I this is your death bracket here. Um, I don't even know who to even start with. You mentioned Foreman and Creek Killer. They got to play Berkeley Pear and Mason Morgado in their. First- oh game i mean that's a bad draw it's we know they're not
2: we know they're not a 30 seed
1: uh Uh, yeah i don't even know i mean uh, i i like what lopez and richards have been doing recently but baldwin and renner i think gonna be tough i mean i don't know this this feels this feels like a toss-up you could take any one of those 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 teams um I like what Hissner did at his state championship. He sweeps singles and doubles. Do Hissner and Henderson go on a run here and really surprising people? I don't know.
2: Yep. Wide C open. for crappy? How about that? C yeah, for sorry. crappy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, bracket D. What you got? All right,
2: bracket D. This is the Holland's bracket. They're the number one seed. Um, I kind of want to talk about a dark horse team. I think a good potential dark horse team to bust through that left side. Niested and Mireles. I mean, Niested's quickly trending up. As a top talent, in my opinion, Mireles has to keep up with Nistead, though. That's going to be the difference. I know he's working uh, at his game and really trying to keep up with Nistead. He's got to bring his good stuff, though. Windsor and Isidro. I mean, they're looking to improve on Natty 1. That was their best performance. Took fifth since then. 33rd and 25th. So they're looking to make a big run. Mish if I kind of move over to that left side, Jay Rubin and Jordan Power all the way to the king seat. Mm. What do you think, Trey?
1: Yeah, um, I feel like we need to start counting the knee stat meter. Uh, we have a knee stat meter on references from Anthony Ione over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Derek, I like Holland and Holland in that top left section. I just think they're too they're too strong. Windsor and Herrera. I just don't know if Herrera's got it this year. I just I just don't know, and I have no gauge. He's not playing in anything. Except nationals, and so I share
2: your hesitancy. Yeah, I share that as well. When you
1: like, I love what Windsor's doing, but the problem is, it's half the battle. You have to have consistent play, and I just don't think it's there. So that that tells me that, you know, I really think this is Holland and Holland all the way to the finals of this bracket. Um, if I look on the right side, I think it obviously Ruben and Power are your number two. Um, but I think this is the bracket that is the most winnable for a team that's not one of your powerhouse teams. Um, but ultimately, is, is is this another opportunity for Holland and Holland to finally break in as a, a father and son duo? I think they, they're going to be heavy favorites here in this bracket. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Real quick, I forgot to mention back in the open section, uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to the blind draw winners, Bob Vaunch and Kimberly Glass. Isabella for winning women singles and Florentino for winning uh, senior singles. So congrats to all you guys. Sorry, I didn't mention that earlier. All right, it's time for the hot take section. Trey, what do you have?
1: Um, I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but I am going to go with Jay Rubin and Jay Cutler as our <laughs> Super Hole Three Prelim Number Five champions okay. in Chicago.
0: All right, Anthony.
2: All right, I'm gonna to go to the final chase. Uh National Four hot take. Jay Rubin and Jordan Power win doubles this this weekend in Chicago. Wow, double Jay Rubin yes. takes.
0: Oh wow, Jay Rubin. All right. Show up. Uh last week, I talked about Ryan Smith being the big winner for this national. So I'm going to remind everyone of that in case he comes through for me and I sound really smart. And then I'm going to add that uh, Mark Richards is going to win a shootout because uh, you guys don't seem as confident that he will. So (laughs) there we go. (laughs) All right. That's all we got for uh, you guys this week. We will uh, see you all over there in Chicago. And until next time.